Dear listeners, Sairam, we now bring you Vahini Satsang. Today's episode was first aired on the 29th June 2017 as part of Thursday Live programs on Asia Stream of Radio Sai. This program is hosted by Team Radio Sai's Bishu. Saram dear listeners and welcome once again to Vahini Satsang our series where we dwell on bhagwan's written word since we started this series more than 21 weeks ago slowly we have come to chapter 9 so today we begin the ninth session ninth chapter and i think every chapter has taken us so long to cover because every time you take one statement and you could spend one hour and you're still not done with it and that is the reason why even though we have finished so many weeks but we have only covered nine chapters but i know we would have actually just stayed on one chapter and still be discussing only that message of bhagwan because everything is so profound we move on because we have to move on anyway by bhagwan's grace today we have in the studios a very respected distinguished member of the sai family someone who has served in prashant nilayam since 2004 in honorary capacity he has served as the head of the department of mathematics and computer science prashant nilayam campus and before that he was for 25 years outside india he was in australia he was in middle east holding very respectable positions and once he got the call the inner call he didn't want to miss that call he took that call and today he is someone who is such a huge inspiration for everyone in prashant nilayam for all the students who have passed through the portals of prashant nilayam campus and been in the department of mathematics and computer science or anyone or any department in the university they would know professor v chandrashekharan we are very grateful to bhagwan that we have him with us for this episode for this divine 9 chapter 9 episode of prema vahini so a warm welcome to you sir for this episode of prema vahini satsang om sri sai ram it's bhagwan's will i i been called here you know to have satsang one should have have very high ideals and experiences i am still uh, learning under bhagwan's lotus feet and i offer the entire episode to him i prayed to him that he shall deliver the message what he wanted wants to deliver to all the listeners so thank you sairam wonderful so let's get started sir we will play now the first 
clip of chapter 9 so we will listen to what bhagwan is communicating to us in the first paragraph the first stanza of chapter 9 and then we will begin our discussion manudu palu vidhulaina ahankaramuto ashantini tanaku taanu abhivruddhi cheskonuchunnanu deeniki kaaranamu asthiramaina adhikara vyamohamule nyayanga yochinchina ye vishayamandu manavunaku శాశ్వత సంపూర్ణ అధికారము లేదు ఎందుకనా ప్రపంచ అధికారమునకు ఆదిత్యములున్ననూ శాశ్వతాధికారికి ఆదిత్యములే లేవు శాశ్వతాధికారి సర్వేశ్వరుడే ద ఇంక్రీజింగ్ పీస్లెస్నెస్ ఇన్ మ్యాన్ ఇస్ బికాస్ ఆఫ్ ద మల్టీఫేరియస్ మేనిఫెస్టేషన్స్ ఆఫ్ హిస్ ఈగో ద రీజన్ ఫార్ దిస్ ఇస్ క్రేవింగ్ ఫర్ పవర్ విచ్ ఇస్ ట్రాన్జియంట్ వెన్ యూ థింక్ అబౌట్ ఇట్ లాజికలీ man does not have eternal and complete power over anything this is so because any worldly power has a beginning and an end but there is no start and end for the one who is the eternal authority the only eternal authority is the lord almighty so here we have bhagwan referring to two things ego and power and uh, swami very clearly says that the reason for this is craving for power the reason for all the peacelessness is the craving for power and bhagwan then mentions how worldly power has a beginning and an end so if you can draw upon your life's experience sir and share with us how it was when you experienced power and how it is when you lose power and in this entire game of being with power and being without power how does ego play its role and what this whole process does to us you are someone who has gone through it maybe you can share how one should go through this whole process of power powerlessness and how to manage the ego Om Sai Sai Ram <clears throat> See when my life began when I was a child my family has been very poor mm-hmm. so we didn't have money my father was serving an electricity department as a supervisor under certain engineers and you know at a very low level in India in India and we belong to pondicherry state so he was serving there in the electricity department as a supervisor just above a linesman call and i was brought and brought up uh, without any exposure to the difficulties my parents were facing to bring me up mm-hmm. in giving education etc because being the only son they never wanted me to know about the difficulties of life because they said let him at least have a good time so mm-hmm. they were going through the trouble but they were not exposing me but swami has his own plans because during my fourth year of engineering my father had a sudden heart attack oh. he died oh my god i had no money then i realized that how poor we were we were on the road so we were picked up by my uncle my mother's only brother 
we were nurtured by him but still having no money no say in anything really hurt hurts actually so the only thing at the time i realized that the world will probably give me respect and recognition if i had the money mm. if i had the power and i can demonstrate to all my people who think so little of me mm. that i can do it if i had I, the money if i had the money and the power mm. i can demonstrate that i could do it i could be better than them this is the first driving force for me to look for jobs look for positions change of positions from one company to other company always looking for bigger role challenging role i had no fear of taking challenging role because i wanted to be somebody but coming to swami i realized that trying to be nobody is a greatest challenge oh. <laughs> <laughs> because if you are nobody your expectations are minimal your disappointments are minimal your life is peaceful and the first paragraph it talks about peacelessness yes in this particular quote of swami yes the peacelessness comes because you are driven towards power and you enjoy the power thinking it's a nectar which is going to last for long and eternal no it's not at all i had occupied great positions in companies and for some reason or other when i am very strict with the some of the employees the union leaders and everything they will turn against you and i had put into a lot of difficulties the management thought that i am unable to manage the right rightness of the the you know people under me so they started ignoring me and then sidelining on all those things happened so you had power for some time you think that your entire management is backing you up and all of a sudden when there's a trouble brewing up in the company and you find that you are basically not do not have that power and support so you understand the whole game of power and authority is transient it's absolutely ephemeral it is not going to last long and when i look back many companies many top ceos and big companies they occupied great positions delivered great things where are they now do people remember them no the only those who have contributed to the spiritual advancement who have sacrificed their life for millions of others they are remembered today not those who have been power and authority <coughs> kingdoms have come kingdoms have gone who remembers them is just a note in the history book this is how i look at it now i had gone through this but when the time but swami molded our life my life my wife's life in a way to understand that this is impermanent but the taste of it came to me when i was 37 i was the head of the department for transmission projects in middle, in the state of qatar in doha i was handling 500 million dollar projects mm-hmm. with 10 cons- four or five consultants and 10 international contractors a big team of people under me i was gloating with with uh, you know that i can do anything nobody can touch me like that one day i had a heart attack oh my god at 37 i was 
in, in I was age 37 at the time very young oh my god I was admitted in the hospital in the middle of the night 11:30 I saw the clock then I went to sleep after 2:30 woke up I saw all the doctors and nurses was standing in front of me they asked me how are you feeling I was wondering why the hell these people are standing in front of me at 2:30 in the morning <laughs> and asking me a question how, how do I feel <laughs> I said doctor I'm feeling okay but the the bed sheet is weighing a ton on me mm. I answered and they looked at each other smiled and walked away and next day morning I was told my heart actually stopped at 12 o'clock and they have to give me a 300 joules shock to revive my heart So they wanted to check whether during this absence of oxygen to my brain mm-hmm. whether any major d- damage has occurred whether my mm. I am able to speak properly whether you know what you know I may not be normal or not mm-hmm. so that's why the question was asked how are you feeling at 2:30 in the morning so it was an eye opener for me one day I was the kingpin in that department next day I am in the hospital struggling for my life okay then i had bypass and triple bypass and everything and then that was a turning point in my life to look at it saying that the life itself is impermanent what is the, what is the great thing about your position and so this why the most of the peacelessness comes because you are driven by the worldly desires and power and authority and you think you can exercise you can control anything but absolutely you have no control on anything the only person who has control is the lord himself he is the almighty that's what i would say you know so you were saying that you know you grew up uh, wanting to be somebody because you know you wanted that respect you wanted that position you wanted uh, um, the recognition but with time you realize that now it's more challenging to be nobody but when did that transition happen because i think you would have spent considerable time of your life trying to be that somebody when was the time when you felt no i think being somebody is so futile i have to be a nobody how did that happen and when did that happen the <clears throat> the transition from my desire to be somebody to be under the swami's lotus feet and be nobody and just his become his instrument and whatever he desires to do with me he should do that's how i surrendered myself because uh there are few things happened in my life like another turning point is that my wife actually collapsed in a in auditorium and uh, she was declared dead oh my god and then the uh, ambulance was called and he was she was they were about to pick her body and she woke up saying sai ram Was that it was it was in australia okay okay so at that moment we realized both of us realized that you know life is so impermanent and she was working for ibm mm-hmm. in, as a senior test analyst having very good name in the department i was working as a project manager and i been with 120 people reporting to me directly <laughs> and every year we were handling around 27 million dollars just enhancing the software Mm-hmm. so that which is the even a power given to me so with 120 people i could sack people i could uh, recruit people i had full powers with all that suddenly this happened then i second time we realized that you know you don't get bogged down with this worldly positions and uh, money other things so think of 
God before it's too late. Yes. So that was the turning point. Then we came to Swami to give the letter, and Swami graciously took the letter uh, through somebody. He didn't take the letter from us. It is a big story by itself. Uh, once he has taken the letter, we know that our only place to be until we die, the last breath, should be in Prashantinalayam. So we packed our bags. We you know, we landed here. Before arriving, I had no contact with Swami, no interaction with Swami, no interaction with the university mm-hmm. or anybody oh. in So you had no clue, no what, clue at all what I am going to be. <laughs> the only desire is to be at His lotus feet. In fact, jokingly, my friends used to say in Australia, mm-hmm. Hey, God is everywhere. But money is not everywhere. <laughs> Why don't you be in Australia? You are making good money. You can use that money for service, yeah. serving the poor. Mm-hmm. And Swami is here. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Swami is uh, only in Prashantinilam? I said, no. I am not saying Swami is only in Prashantinilam. Swami is everywhere. Otherwise, the call will not come in Australia to me. But only thing is, if I know that the Sai Krishna is playing and walking on on earth in Prashantinalayam why would, should I spend my rest of my life in Australia hmm. I would like to spend be with him you know living with God yes. is something which is not going to happen for everybody for me the power the money became secondary so for us the only desire only earning is just to be with Swami longing to be with Swami and Swami answered our call. So you just landed in Pattaparthi? Just landed in Pattaparthi. And many people said, Oh, many times Swami has promised people that He will give our job, wait. And then people have been waiting for many years, waiting for Swami. I said, fine. <laughs> you know, I'm His instrument. If he, what He wants to use, put to use, it is up to Him. Beautiful. But as far as I am concerned, I will land in Prashant in Layam. I will wait for His call. In the meantime, I will do some service. You know, maybe buy a four-wheel drive, get some food, go to villages, hmm. or teach some children in the school, or maybe pick up some urchins on the road, do something, whatever I can. That I can is also wrong, whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, I means ego. ego. <laughs> so, whatever we, w- we would like to do, as per his will, we will do. But Swami was really, really gracious. I landed in the 8th of March, 2004, on 20th of April 2004 I cannot forget the date because 2004 if we divide in the middle 2004 that is 20th of April <laughs> so 20th of April 2004 Swami interviewed me in public in Whitefield mm-hmm. and he came stood uh, next to he took all the letters up to the person next to me and he did not take my letter he was he just turned 180 degrees mm-hmm. and I was praying to Swami Swami you are so close to me but you are so far <laughs> please take my letter so he turned 180 degrees and took the letter then as he was leaving uh, he prompted me from inside speak to me speak to me like that so I said Swami then he turned I said Swami I would like to serve you in the university he said where Prashantralayam what subject the full interview went on in front of public, <laughs> mm-hmm. like subject massing. But he already said so. It is his his call. He is the doer. You know, when I did my PhD in Melbourne University, and after landing in Australia, after doing the PhD for four four and a half years, and you know, reaching great heights, again that is another ego. 
then suddenly I found that I was working for IBM where I had no, I was not using my my research capabilities and I wondered why I wasted my life, five years of my life. Mm. But after coming to Swami <laughs> and the research, first thing is that the research which was given, he gave me a student to work in the same area where I was, I did my PhD. Oh. So he prepares wow. you, he, he lays the path, he walks you all the way through. If we, any of us think that we are the doers, sorry guys, <laughs> I would not accept it. He has, ex- you are under total and his control. You have no authority. He has the full authority. Wow. <laughs> Just reminded of uh, one in- interesting story. There was this beggar who came uh, to this kingdom and the king was going out on a procession. So this beggar goes and tells the king, um, I want some arms. And the king says, um, okay, sure. And even as the king is about to give, the beggar says, but I have a condition. King says, what? <laughs> you have a condition. He says, yeah, you can give me, but whatever you give, it should fill my bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay, the king says, okay. I mean, what is there? He calls his ministers and, you know, poured some stones, uh, precious stones. And but very surprisingly, whatever they pour, everything is just disappearing there. And the king is like, uh, his ego is hurt mm-hmm. that he's not able to fill this uh, small bowl of small the beggars, the tiny bowl. He's not able to fill. So he says, okay, you know, get more wealth from the kingdom. And so the minister brings more wealth and everything that is poured just disappears. Then the king is like, get more stuff. Then finally he gets his, you know, his most precious jewels. He gets, and finally everything is disappearing. The, the finally he has no clue. He says, what do I pour here? So he he pours, okay, finally it comes to he pouring his kingdom. Oh. But still everything disappears. Then finally the king falls at the feet of this beggar and he asks, who are you? What mm. is this bowl? And then the beggar says, nothing, it is very simple. I have made this bowl out of ego. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> can satisfy the ego. Nothing can satisfy the ego. <laughs> like, like Mahatma Gandhi said, you know, there's enough food for the people in the world, but yes. not for the greed. Yeah, for everyone's <laughs> need, but not for everyone's yeah. greed. Greed. So, so I think that is something I think we all of us experience in life. You know, we think, okay, we'll we, once we have this money, or once we have this car, once we have this position, once we have this power, then you know it will be full, it will be full. But whatever you put, it Never suddenly it disappears. It disappears. It disappears. But the revelation that the the things that actually drive us crazy yeah. is our desires. Mm. One desire leads to another. It never fulfilled. That, but with the Lord, if you surrender, they say, if you are enlightened by Him, all your de- desires simultaneously fulfilled. That means there is no further desire. You know, you all, you, you all hear that famous quote, Dharmartha Kama Moksha. Mm. Yes. You know, Dharma Artha. That means Artha is wealth should be earned through righteousness. Yes. Kama Moksha. The only desire you should have for Moksha. Even that desire for Moksha to be given up to attain Moksha. So <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> desirelessness is, you know, important. Mm. But we all have. Even today I'm building a big house. You know, <laughs> I cannot claim that I am a, you know, saint here sitting and talking. <laughs> but mm. the desire is the one and mm. the amount of difficulties I face uh, because I have a desire to build a house, <laughs> the, the difficult phase in constructing a house, 
with all the problems it is all because of our own multi you know yes. faceted manifestation <laughs> of the ego that's yes. what swami also says yes. the the peaceful peacelessness yes. is because of that only yes. so i think swami always says you know sealing on desires it is mainly because to improve your shanti inside we need to really follow it yes. you know yeah at least thanks to swami thanks to his discourses we are at least aware and you know there is uh, swami also very beautifully he he told us that you know try to take the middle path i think that was the most beautiful thing about bhagwan he never told you know you become monks leave everything and uh, yeah. because he knows that we we are in this world we 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 got to live we got to he wants us we want he wanted us to have a good life <laughs> you can you know uh, have everything that the world offers you he created this whole universe this creation for us but only thing he said is you have it in limits so he never said no desire he said have a ceiling on your desires that's all <laughs> correct so now if we think that you know when i uh, once i had an opportunity to give a letter to swami i told swami swami all that you had given me my wealth and everything i earned in my life all given by you i am not the owner so i said swami please take everything back oh i only need you mm. we wrote a letter myself my wife wrote a letter and gave it to swami swami read the letter nodded his head and then i said the only thing i need is the direction you know to guide me in the spiritual path because for that only we have come mm. we left everything yes. uh, swami inspired us to leave everything and come here not for to have another position <laughs> occupy and claim that i have created so many papers or so many phd's or again it's it's going back to the there is no difference between me being here in prashant nilayam and doing same thing in australia mm. the very purpose we are here the purpose is of life is to know the life's purpose so that's what people <laughs> say yes. is to attain that to become nobody yes that's what it is mm. so the, i would i would conclude that swami being with swami yes and how simple he is you know if you if you wish you know the whole world will be at his feet yes he never demanded anything only people mm. out of love they gave everything mm. you know uh, that's that's uh, that's inspiration yes you know, so you gave that letter to swami Yeah, he read the letter. Took it also, and bless me. Again, pardon. Wow. So that is why my family is. I shouldn't declare it in the radio. <laughs> you know, basically, you know, we don't have children. Everything is Swami. Everything will go back to Swami, to the source from which it has come. Wow. So amazing. And the the ego part is it is very difficult. It's is is a Maya. the desires keep on sprouting and right from childhood if you look at the way we are brought up you know from childhood the moment we are born he said this is your father this is your mother okay the relationship is built you are so and so your name is chandrashekaran okay your father is so and so like this so you first start building that this is me chandrashekar i this is my mother father so everything starts egocentric the entire life we build is on egocentric this is my life this is my i am here i am serving swami i am a head of the department you know i have students you know all related to me you know this the connection the relations we build all around this ego but when you do you know real meditation and everything the whole idea is it will try to break your egocentric approach perception mm. 
different. That's why Swami always said, please do not take the path of Kundalini Yoga because the Kundalini Yoga is too fast in changing the perception of the world from egocentric to non-egocentric. It is like in a computer, you pull the wires, rewire them. And during the time of the transition time, the computer will behave, misbehave. Mm-hmm. You know, it will erratic. So you will go mad. So people won't understand that you are actually going through a transition from an egocentric viewpoint to a different viewpoint of seeing everything all in one, one in all. So that's why he said, please don't take that path. The simplest path is to serve. Swami's path is safest path. Mm-hmm. Love all, serve all. Simple message. But difficult. <laughs> you know, love all is means I always have some opinion about somebody all the time. Yeah. You know, to live, uh, to unconditionally love yes. everyone is the most difficult thing, <laughs> but simplest statement. Okay. But we need to practice. Yes. Swami says in the Vahini that there is no point having bookish knowledge. There are almost 50 years of discourses Swami had given. We can read, read, read. How long we are going to have the read and theoretical understanding? When are we going to practice it? So practice makes us perfect. So we have to try. Yes, we may fail. I, even now I'm, I'm failing. I, I know where I fail often. And Swami, I asked Swami in the interview, Swami, please tell me, you know, spiritually, I want to progress spiritually. Please tell me what should I do? Swami looked at me smilingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very simple statement. Very profound. Reduce your anger. Why you get anger? Because you feel that you are somebody. Mm. Someone is not behaving properly with you. Mm. Something in the life, you want it this way, it is not happening that way. You are frustrated. So, Swami was indirectly saying, reduce anger, not the anger. It is, let go. Let the ego go. So, it's a very simple statement he made to me. And I told Swami, yes, I know, I I have lost temper many times, you know, for reasons of right or wrong, because some places I thought I am totally right. But said, no, there is no need. <laughs> when I am here in charge, mm. there is no need for you to get angry. You just leave the problem to me. Yes. You know, surrender to me. Surrender the problem to me. Unburden yourself to me. I will take care. Very simple thing. You know, I have been facing a lot of difficulty in the construction. People are not coming to the site. And then today morning I said, Swami... I am doing everything right. I am ready to pay this guy whatever he has asked. And he is not coming, Swami. Please do something. The moment I unburned that, my problem said, Swami, it's you. I cannot do anything. I am just, you know, I, I find it difficult for me. Within five minutes, phone call comes from my wife saying that the contractor, the fellow has come to the site to do work. <laughs> so what a, it, is a, it is a real example of yes. a simple, simple incident. Yes. But what it means is that when you unburden yes. your problems and the disease, and just be for him only. Yes. Swami always says, put God first in your life. Yes. Put others next and put yourself last. Yes. Then that particular approach will certainly reduce your ego centric approach. Yes. You will become more humble, more, you know, you know, very, you know, you will be, you know, you, you will, even if the praise or abuse or, you know, it will not affect you. One thing Swami has taught me throughout this is the world around you is is all about to disturb your peace. <laughs> if you want something to happen this way, it will bound to fail and irritate you. <laughs> if you want your you know, parents and everybody to be perfect and look after you, they will do a little bit opposite of your thinking, it will irritate you. 
it shake your you know shake you up question is how well we are equipoised yes irrespective of whatever happens outside you choose to be happy yes that is where you can't be happy all the time in irrespective of whatever happens unless you let the ego go because you know that he is there to take care of you yes and everything he takes care of there nothing to worry about it there is no fear because he is there if that feeling is there i think that's a practice we one should do i am practicing whenever i i get frustrated you know many times in a day only i remind myself that when swami is there ask him to help you know, hold your hands this is how i i am just practicing but i don't say that i've gone very far <laughs> but that is the path i have taken anyway sir you are in the right place because this place is called puttaparthi which is also put apart the eye correct <laughs> yeah it's so, beautiful so, you have to really saw me very nicely put it actually puttaparthi is put apart the eye and uh, this is really like a workshop and uh, everybody who comes here anybody who comes here the tinkering starts <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right from your contractor to the hod to the vice chancellor everybody is having his run of <laughs> yeah the, the, everyone playing their role yes but it doesn't mean that whatever you want they will behave that way because there are five fingers in a hand all of them different yes. so is up when i had my heart attack next day morning when the surgeon came he told me he looked at me say you are a personality a do you want everything to be perfect in this world hmm. your parents your mother your wife is not going to be okay you will get disappointment you will get stress learn to live in an imperfect world Okay, Le- live perfectly in an imperfect oh. world. <laughs> But this is the, his statement because he sees the world is not perfect. He wants me to live in an imperfect world. Means don't get stressed up. Things may not go the way you want it. Just let it go. That's what his advice. Mm. I took his advice very seriously. But I was reading some other book where you know the the monk and the disciple type of books are there. Mm. So the, once the disciple is asking, uh, 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 "Master, Master, he is the person is." Uh, uh you know god makes everything perfect yes then why is that hump the humpback person in the garden hmm. why is made him imperfect that is the master answers the humpback god has created a perfect humpback man to play his role oh yes. <laughs> what you see is imperfect is hmm. not imperfect in the eyes of the lord yes he is perfect made the person a perfect humpback man has made <laughs> to play his role in this in this in this drama what is doing mm. so if we are if we are wearing costumes mm. uh, he is wearing that costume yes he is perfect too perfect costume mm. so 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 that is a different way of looking at things everything is perfect only thing we should have the right per- perception our perceptions of perfect is imperfect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting you know so i am one or two thoughts which come based on ego ahamkara swami yes. saying and peacelessness you know uh, as you were talking and uh, so beautifully taking us through your life's journey sometimes you get caught up in ego and sometimes you get caught up in um, authority because you think you have authority over the other person and uh, if you have about 120 people working under you if i tell this fellow do this if i tell that person do that they have to do it and um, so because they do what you say you you feel uh, great about yourself 
a slightly uh, different perspective on this whole issue is when Swami says discipline, for example. He says um, it has to come from the source, not by force. So suppose you are the head of a of a factory or a head of an office. If you are trying to enforce discipline on your subordinates or your juniors uh, by force, then what happens? That leads to ego. Correct. I uh, I definitely I couldn't agree more. Hmm. The uh, I had two types of management. Uh, trials I did in my life. Mm-hmm. Half of my management career where I worked in a factory, then I subsequently as a project manager, where I had the power and authority, I tell people that this is how you should do things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when they do, I fly off the handle, yeah, big ruckus in the office, mm-hmm. you know, they are upset, I am upset for many days, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, things don't go for some time and slowly it cools down. The cooling period is very, very long. But when I joined IBM, I had a completely different approach because at the time I am already into Swami. I was in the Samiti as a service coordinator. Mm-hmm. I used to run around, you know, serving people, poor people in the uh, thing. So, I approached the staff, a human being, with love. Mm-hmm. I never, because I had 120 of them reporting to me, they were afraid to even see me. When mm-hmm. I go and stand next to them, hey, what are you doing today? How are you? They will be shivering. His hands will be shivering. He can't even mm-hmm. type the programming code <laughs> because he knows the big boss is standing next to him. Mm-hmm. But I took an opportunity to handle each one of them with love. I used to go and tell them good morning in their own language. I had people from Vietnam, China, Malaysia. I used to, you know, go and Tell them good morning, Italian, buongiorno, you know, you know, <laughs> salamat pagi, the Malaysian, mm-hmm. you know, you know, everybody, you know, I used to go and wish, wish them in their life. I learned, sincerely learned each one of them how to wish them in the morning. I, wow. I used to call them by name, 120 people, I used to call them by name. I talked to them, find out their problems. When, you know, in Western society, one of the major issues are, is family issues, emotional issues. Right. And many of them, uh, they get uh, married and after that they get separated. Mm-hmm. Single mother, single father, children, children do not know which custody to go. It's a complete turmoil, emotionally, really, really breaking their fa- families up, apart. People, people need support because that fellow has to go to court and he cannot focus on the job. So mm-hmm. I know that this guy is not able to write anything, even one line of code. I go them, ask him, come, come to my room, have a cup of coffee. He said, sir, this is what happened. My, I have to appear tomorrow in my court. I do not know whether my wife will have the custody of my child, children or I will. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, I have powers to give leave, special leave. I am giving you one week leave. Mm-hmm. Sir, don't worry about it. Your salary will not be cut. You go home, go to the court, settle everything, come back and work. Mm. After a week, he comes back full of smiling, saying the court has given me in my favor and everything is settled. I thank you for all the love, you know, showered show on me. And any time after that, if I say, hey David, I have a problem with the client. Can you just help me? Believe it or not, he works day and night without even asking anything. So the love is Love is the best weapon one can have. Swami says in the Prema Vahini only. Mm. Yeah, love is the best weapon. Yes. You can, you can, no matter what the people think about it, if you use love unconditionally, those who deserve, you keep on giving, irrespective of whether they deserve or not. One day they will all turn 
in fact, I have seen some of the staff members coming to me saying that I actually tried to get a job in another company. They are paying me 50% more, but I inquired about the manager. The manager is not loving like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have decided to stay in this company, work wow. under you, than going to the other company. So, wow. I have seen a transformation wow. of my trial mm. of Swami's way of saying that unconditionally love people, how it affected people. When I left IBM finally in 2004, everybody came even one lady who was working with me, she had a four days old baby. She carried the baby to my validity function. She said, how can I not see you? You have supported us so much. You have wow. changed our lives in IBM. Wow. Mm-hmm. Where we have seen only the people who cut, cut and this and that mm-hmm. only, professionally. Never, nev- not a single manager have treated us like this. So, I think the lesson is for, for all of us is, we should show our unconditional love no matter where you are because every one of them deserves it. Now, the beautiful point is the same 120 people are working under you but you don't have ego. You have love. Only love. <laughs> yes. See, the, the power of love supersedes your love for power. <laughs> love. Ah, fantastic. That's what very, very well said actually. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there is no ego. There is, you have the power, but there is no ego at all. It's only love. It's only to, how can I help? Mm. Yes. That's only, how can I serve? Yes. Everyone has certain issues in the family, either in the family or in the office. How can I serve? That's all my focus was. And I was looking for opportunities to serve them, mm. instead of dominating on them. Yes. So, leaders really had a different impact. Yes. You know, so I did... Uh, uh, Swami did uh, uh, allow me to try that exercise and I found it is wonderful. Even today, two years back, I went to Australia to settle my financial things. And those people, some one Russian lady was there. She is now currently retired from IBM. She saw myself and uh, uh, myself and then on the phone and she said, Oh my God, if you had not helped me, I would not have continued in IBM. They would have sacked me. I was a programmer. But you pushed me to become a designer. And now today I am, I survived in IBM and now as a senior manager retired. And now my children are all settled. Is all because of the, you know, the forethought you had, the love you had for me. Mm. You know, knowing very well that I can't speak English very well. You pushed me to do that job because you know what is coming. You helped me out. So look for opportunities to serve. It does not matter whether he's a subordinate. Or you are a, you are a superior. You are you are here to serve. That's yeah. all I would say. That you that's the only way to destroy your ego. I will tell you a simple episode in in Samiti. Sure. You know, Australia we had a water problem. One uh, one of the one uh, couple of years a drought. Like you know, many farmers committing suicide in India. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. similar things happened in in Australia. Oh. And in the TV they used to discuss about do we have to flush the toilet every time we go. Oh my God. Because every time we flush, you know, so much of liter of water is going. Mm. Can you not flush once a day? What is wrong if it is brown color? You know, these all the type. That much serious discussion. Melbourne city was starving. No, mm. no water. Oh my! And we were planning what to do as a Sai devotee. He said, "Okay, why not we do a um, all faith prayer mm-hmm. for rain?" Mm-hmm. So we identified a lake called Lake Yildon, which is about 300 kilometers away from Melbourne. You can see in the Google map, Lake Yildon. So that's the one actually feeds the Melbourne city. We thought, why not we go and put a big camp, call mm-hmm. all the faiths, Muslims, you know, Zoroastrians and Buddhists and everybody, and including Aborigines. So we conducted the, the rain prayer. I, I was the, you know, spiritual coordinator at the time I mm-hmm. headed that one and then myself my wife actually on the Hindu 
ritual yagna of the varuna japam i was we were made as the kartas all over evenings uh, done we were all expecting rain to pour mm-hmm. and uh, we all wound up the thing and we were going in the car back suddenly the dark clouds started coming and then just above the, our our head some uh, you know what you know rain came and sprinkled on our head mm. and then uh, we i was praying for me you know if the rain really pours down like this uh, even other faith will have faith in you and you know all <laughs> stuff, you know you know you know all those of you know, you know i want a really rain to come to prove that mm. that praying to swami is definitely you will bring the bring the rain mm. and that happened <laughs> so and uh, we all hurt you know i was hurt personally ego mm-hmm. see i wanted to show demonstrate to the world that praying to swami is the way to go for rain correct mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. but it did not happen but uh, so i said okay we have prayed our prayer what else we can do it is the lord knows the best so i i let it go six months down the line the yildan community center from there or a phone call comes to the the samiti mm-hmm. they said uh you know those you remember you came for prayer yes 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 uh would you please come back and give us thanksgiving prayer mm-hmm. the thanksgiving mm-hmm. you know after we did the prayer there was no rain mm-hmm. you know you know he said what are you talking they said mm-hmm. after you did the prayer mm-hmm. it has been raining in cats and dogs on top of the mountains mm-hmm. from the mountain only the lake gets fed oh <laughs> and the lake is now 60% full Wow! <laughs> when we went there, it was five percent. So now, come and give the Thanksgiving prayer. And I, I already moved to the Prasanthalingam by the time. So some of the people went and did the Thanksgiving prayer. What it means is that the Lord knows where to pray, not to put your ego up. It rains on your head. <laughs> Correct. You do service. You do service with the total attitude of service that you are not serving somebody. You know, yours. It is your serving yourself, and as long as that feeling is there, he knows. He knows where to rain because he knows it, it should rain on the mountain so that it can feed the land. Not on when you're going in the car after finishing the puja, it comes on the top of your head and showers. Oh my God, we did the prayer great. <laughs> so I, I think the uh, the ego aspect is to be ser- totally annihilated. If really want to serve Swami, because I, I remember we go for grama seva or various things, and there are rules made mm-hmm. by the committee mm-hmm. that you go only one sari in a house and this and that, and then people define what a house is, and then <laughs> there are old ladies sleeping outside with not even attached a roof on the top of their head, mm-hmm. and then we will say sorry, mm-hmm. she is not living in a house, mm-hmm. we cannot give. But many times students have come, say hey, sir. I feel very pity on that lady. She's poor lady. She's mm. sleeping outside. Can I give one sari? Mm. I said, "What your heart says, I want to give. Go and give it." <laughs> the rules made with some general rules doesn't matter. If the heart, the feelings are right, yes. you should do it. Yes, you know that's how we should we should do. Very beautiful, because, very beautiful. Wow! Because <laughs> not, you are not to put people under the box. And the, in no. fact, you know, uh, as you narrated that experience, even that last sentence which Swami says in this paragraph, yes. he says, 
only god is all powerful <laughs> we may we may do a prayer we may not do a prayer but where it has to rain what it has to do he knows he knows it. you know if it rain on my head i would definitely my ego would have gone up but you know because he is a great ego basher though you you are seen in veranda you know i was sitting in the veranda second second row behind ramachandra professor ramachandra ramachandra no or that mba department he is no more now i was sitting behind him and swami used to come used to see talk to him and then used to see me and go so one day my mother was not well i went to chennai so he came he said where is the tall person behind you swami asked the professor ramit singh he said then he was asking everybody somebody oh no that person has gone to chennai for his mother oh like that so immediately phone call came you know swami inquired about you i came running thinking that swami is going to give me an interview and he came looked at me walked away you know because he knows you know when to bless you when not to bless you you know you can you know i have seen one day they said swami said i'll call your professor so i went and sat in the front row and swami saw me it the he told the driver to reverse the car went in the opposite direction i said what you told that you would call me i am sitting here you know we should totally leave it to him mm. in the year 2008 when myself had an interview first only interview i had swami told that i will call you and your wife on 6th he said but 6th march was 2008 was a shivaratri day i told swami 6th march is shivaratri he said swami will call both of you on 6th then when my wife waited nothing happened shivaratri that day 6th morning he did not he didn't even he did not even come he came on the afternoon only mm. then next month 6th Six, six. Then people started telling, "No, see, Lord's time is different. He may call in six months' time or six years' time, six lifetime." <laughs> <laughs> so, so you just you know, then I let it go. <laughs> you never know when is going to happen. Believe it or not, brothers, on sixth of November two thousand ten, on my Sastyapti Purti, when the whole of Puttaparthi was celebrating Diwali in Hillview Stadium, Swami. gave a blessing for me and my wife on the carpet outside yajur mandir and gave my wife sari and i think blessings everything he gave because he kept his promise that he will call both of us on 6 he knew 2 years down the line <laughs> my sashti of the puti is going to fall on 6th of november and oh, he knows when to call wow. so it's only delay not a denial mm. and and only thing we should understand is that swami is there wherever you are and he is listening because he is the head of the house he listens to every conversation and he is is unseen guest in every meal do not forget that so keep your ego down and, and because you cannot play wag your tail while he is there in your house so this is what i would say because i always think of that every time I pray to swami uh, i looking at a picture i don't think it's a picture i have i have had experiences sitting in front of swami's chair asking for some technical problems mm-hmm. of my phd students okay. i said swami we did everything like this nothing worked for me and now please help me then suddenly some voice within will come and say do this something like that and then we go and and then do something and it doesn't work i come back and then say hey i told you this idiot you have done the other way around <laughs> then i have gone and did it worked and got papers also wow. so it's not that swami you can you know you know is is left his physical uh, mortal coil Ah, uh, doesn't mean that he's not there. He's there in every place, every item. You know. Only thing is, we must believe it intensely. Believe it. He listens to your woes and unburden yourself, unburden your, you know, you know, reduce your ego, be humble, and he will come to the rescue. This is this is exactly I have been facing. After Swami left, 
suddenly there was a vacuum and then uh, he said why we came here seven years of course we had a wonderful time but he's not there what do we do do we go back and, mm-hmm. or do we continue to be here you know all sorts of wavering thoughts come because you still feel you know you and him are different mm-hmm. you are not feeling his presence but after some time when you sit in the prayer room and disc- ask and then knock the door opens yes. then you understand that there is no point in going anywhere just be where you are mm. wherever you are and he is there this is that my message and just be humble surrender everything unburden yourself this is my my message my experience based message i, I would beautiful. say you know. wonderful <laughs> wow <laughs> you know whenever uh, it, it's one thing to know these things uh, and uh, read but it's another thing when you actually go through life i think only then it sort of gets uh, cemented in you in your consciousness now you know nothing can shake it because you've gone through it and i think each one of us should do those experiments you know just like when your phd something is not happening you did that experiment the contract did not come you did that experiment you know you, the brain did not so come you did that experiment yeah experiment with me Yeah. But once you experience me, yes. then have no doubts. Yes. You know, people initially okay. When you are not into Swami, you don't yes. know about Swami. Yes. Experiment. Ask him this and that. Yes. But moment you start experiencing him, yes. then have no doubts that yes. he is there. Yes. You know. After that, it only becomes a series of experiences. A series of experiences. <laughs> wonderful. It's a wonderful uh, time. Another, uh, you know, very interesting takeaway from what you are narrating. is uh, so the beautiful statement of swami is he says i give you what you want so that you may want what i have come to give you yes so you know yes. Uh, he gives you what you want because you have a certain ego and you have a certain existence for which you think that something is essential something is what you need and you think you know what you need so he says chalo i will give you like <laughs> what what yes. you have been asking but what i have actually come to give if you silence yourself and kill your ego then that is, i will is give. not the mere trinkets and chains and mm. rings and he mm. has come to give something much more than what we you know yeah. for those things actually i have seen lot of miracles in australia so many miracle houses i have seen chocolates falling on on us and lotus flowers falling on top of us mm. from nowhere Oh, okay, wow. I've seen all those miracles. I, I only message I would say that we get excited about all those things, mm-hmm. and we come back. Oh, I got the chain there. Something manifested, and this and that. Or, or you know, all those things. You know, experiences were like a visiting card. Mm. You know, we must understand that the spirituality is just that. That is only just the beginning. Yes. But to know who you really you are, a long way to go. But unless we commit ourselves. Yes. totally and then understand our weaknesses where our weaknesses lie and work towards uh, uh, eliminating them it's not going to happen so we need to really understand that but ego is you know is a very very tough subject you know to, to crack <laughs> imagine it is not easy imagine swami is giving you an interview and then you go and tell other person oh you got only five interviews hmm. i got 10 interviews <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, in spite of Swami giving you an interview, all it has done is to add to your ego. <laughs> in fact, then you long for ten interviews, and after that, you know, people say twenty. I just reminded of one uh, story that I read. Um, it was about uh, Valmiki and Hanuman. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Narada goes and tells Valmiki that uh, 
Hanuman has written a Ramayan. Mm-hmm. And Valmiki says, Hanuman has written this monkey devotee. He also wrote of Ramayan. <laughs> and he's okay, okay, let, let us go and see. So mm-hmm. they go to this uh, grove. Uh, it's a banana grove. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they ask Hanuman, can you please show what you have written? So Hanuman brings this f- seven banana leaves on which he had written the Ramayana. And Valmiki reads that. And after he reads that, he starts crying. Mm-hmm. And Hanuman is saying, what happened? I mean, did I commit any mistake? You know, was there, <laughs> is there anything wrong mm. in what I have written? Why are you crying? He says, no, my God, this is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is so perfect. The, the grammar, the meter, the language, the vocabulary. My God, this is so good. Okay, but why are you crying? Mm. No, who will read my Ramayana? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. This, if, if you are Ramayana, I mean, nobody is going to read my Ramayana. Yeah. Oh, Hanuman says, Oh, that is a problem. Don't worry. So he just goes, he takes the sun leaves and he just tears it. Uh. He says, Really? You could just do this? <laughs> he said, See, this Ramayana that you have written, it is more important for you to have the Ramayana <laughs> than the ra- for me to have my Ramayana. <laughs> <laughs> because hmm. the Ramayana that you have written, you have written so that the world remembers you. Hmm. But I wrote the Ramayana because, you know, I wanted to remember Rama. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I remember Rama. There is no problem, you know. I don't need uh, the world to remember me. I have to remember the Rama. The purpose for which I wrote is to... <laughs> yeah. You wrote it for approbation. You wrote it for, you know, Different re- recognition. I wrote it just out of emotion, you know, just a feeling. Devotion. Devotion. <laughs> so it is okay. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think this is the whole process, uh, and, and that's it's, why, you know, with Swami. It's a process, you know. Swami kept Hanuman right at the top. Right. <laughs> it just work, always reminds <laughs> We are all working progress to remove our ego and let our ego go and let God in. Thank you so much, sir. So I know you. we can really, continue I this really discussion. Surrender myself. <laughs> and thank Swami for being his instrument today. And uh, without his will, <coughs> this would not have happened. And uh, if I know in the process of discussion, sometimes very get excited, and <laughs> I may say something it should not have hurt anybody. If it happens, I really, you know, you know, feel for it. Um, overall, it's actually a reminder to all of us uh, through this discussion. Every one of us gets benefit, and those who listen also get benefit because it is Swami who is actually giving the message, the right kind of message. So, with this, I really surrender myself at His lotus feet. Thank wow. you, Saira. I have nothing more to add. <laughs> thank you so much, sir, and dear listeners. Uh, thank you so much for being with us through this day, beautiful Thursday. We had the Vatavriksha anniversary today. And we had in the hostel today Rathayatra by the students. It has been a very, very lovely Thursday. And uh, we are now having this conversation, uh, topping it up with such a beautiful discussion on the, the royal road to have the moments, God moments in our lives. We have to give moments of our life to God so that we can experience God moments in our lives. Please do share with us your experiences, your insights, just like you heard sir's moments. I know each one of us on this path is making that effort and when we share, we learn, 
we join our hands and we take inspiration from each other to walk on this path so that together we walk towards him with joy we celebrate as we march to merge in him if you have any queries comments please feel free as always to write to listener at radiosai.org as we draw the curtains on this beautiful thursday we offer ourselves at his feet for this beautiful opportunity to share his message and his love thank you so much sairam you were listening to an episode of our program wahini satsang this episode was first aired on the 29th june 2017 as part of thursday live from prashanti nilayam on asia stream of radio sai global harmony this program was hosted by team radio sai's bishu thank you and sai ram